everyone. Welcome to this episode of Hello Church. I'm Justin Trapp. And I'm Wade Bearden. And some of you are, as we speak, preparing your Christmas messages. And you're thinking to yourself, I need some fresh illustrations to talk about the birth of Jesus. If that's you, we're going to give you seven in this episode. Yeah, the, the story of you dressing up as Santa. <laughs> the one that you used like three years in a row. <laughs> yeah, the the one of uh, of giving a gift to your child that they've been waiting for for mm. a long time. Yeah, we're going to give you some, some fresh ideas. Some fresh ideas. And a lot of times, too, uh, Justin, when we're on this podcast, we'll kind of get a little uh, philosophical or theoretical. We'll talk about church ministry. This is all application. So yeah. people can just listen to this and use every single one of these illustrations because we're not making these up. These aren't no, stories no. from our lives. No. But we'll give you kind of the sources. These are seven that we feel like work really well. Yeah, so I'll let you start us. We have okay. seven illustrations. And uh, this is going to be a fun episode. Yeah. So we're just going to jump on in. If you have any great illustrations for Christmas. Please, yes. Uh, yeah, and you wouldn't mind passing them Send on the link to in, other, the, in the comments. Yeah, other pastors, make sure to go ahead and do that because I know we could all use some help. This is a story that our uh, digital marketing director, Josh, sent us. And I believe it was his pastor who had told this story. Uh, it was written down by Grace McMullen. So if you're trying to find this text... Go ahead and, and Google that. You can find this story. It's fascinating. I love historical narratives. This one is about a singer, Ira D. Sankey. And this singer actually led many hymns in D.L. Moody's big preaching campaigns. And the story goes that one night in 1876... Sankey was on this steamboat. He was on the Delaware River, and it was Christmas Eve, and people got wind of his presence, and they wanted him to sing a song. So he started thinking about it, and he felt like he should sing this song called the Shepherd Song. Now, I'm not necessarily familiar with this, but it's uh, during that time period, 1876, pretty classic hymn. And so he begins to sing this song, and everybody kind of quiets down. And they're just kind of in awe of this Christmas Eve moment. Their hearts were stirred. And towards the end of the song, there was this uh, rough-looking man that approached Sankey. And he asked him, he said, did you ever serve in the Union Army during, during the Civil War? And he said that he had in the spring of 1860. And he began to uh, question him more, the singer. Okay, well, where did you serve? Uh, were you ever on picket duty on a bright moonlight night in 1862? So it starts getting very specific. And this rough-looking man says that there was this night when I was serving in the Confederate Army. You were in the Union Army. I was in the Confederate Army. And I saw this man on guard duty in this bright moonlight evening. And I pulled my musket up. I was a sharpshooter. I was going to kill that individual. And just as I was about to pull the trigger, I began to hear this person sing the shepherd song. And it was this beautiful moment. He says the music reached his heart. He took his finger off of the trigger. And something inside of him changed. And he realized, well, if 
if this moment occurred at this place in time, God must have a plan for this singer. And it turned out that it was this great hymn singer, Sankey. And the rough-looking man who had served in the Confederate Army, uh, he came he came to Christ on that Christmas Eve service. That really is a, a powerful illustration of what Christmas is all about. And we learn through the Christmas story, God bringing all these individuals together, the Magi, uh, Joseph, Mary, the shepherds, different people from different walks of life, but yet it's the gospel that changes them. So that's, a, I think, a fantastic story that you could open up your message with or maybe even close your message with, and it's just it's really powerful. Yeah, I think that's a great, great way to close the message. That would be a strong closing. It, 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 that's a great story. Yeah, it's um, a great story. My, my next illustration is not really a story, so it's not as, uh, <laughs> it's not, it's more, I would say it's more of a, of a short illustration. And, and, and the source for this illustration comes from Statista. So it's a, it's a, you know, a statistic about Christmas spending, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it's not nearly as, uh, as heartwarming as yours, <laughs> but here, here it is. In 2014, the average American spent $781 on Christmas gifts. Why? To demonstrate their love for someone else. Uh, truth be told, some of those gifts uh, were probably purchased out of obligation. I mean, how many of you have like an yeah. Aunt Mabel that you <laughs> you forget to buy or something, and then you got to stop at the CVS and buy a gift card and a card on the way home on the way to Christmas because you know she's going to get you something, so you can't show up empty-handed, right? <laughs> you got to grab a gift card on the way in. Uh, yeah, uh, the heart of the the gift, right? The Christmas gift is not a, out of obligation, but out of love with no expectation of repayment. A simple thank you is all that is expected. God has provided. The gift of grace to your life through Jesus Christ. You cannot and should not repay him for this gift. Your service in life is just a thank you note to him for the gift. So it's not quite a story, but it is maybe a nice little opening yeah. um, that you could put in your your, your message there. Yeah. And I've seen, th- so this would be our number two, would be if you use something like statistics yeah. to look at uh, the amount of money that people spend. And I, I heard a pastor do this recently. And uh, he was just kind of throwing statistics out there. The average that Americans spend during Black Friday or during the holiday season or the average we spend individually. And those numbers are really good. But I don't know if people have a a concept of those numbers if you just say $2.5 billion. So here's what I would suggest if you use this number or you're talking about how much we spend in general to frame it in a way that someone can understand. So you could say, hey, you know this this however many billion dollars we spent on black friday that actually uh equals uh double what the last avengers movie made in the theater make some sort of yeah, chart comparison. or provide some sort of comparison so people kind of understand oh like oh wow that's how much of the eiffel tower was built for and we we spend it all so uh do something like that i think would be a good illustration I have this other illustration, and I don't know about you, but I feel like uh, most pastors have this uh, old set of Matthew Henry commentaries oh, in, on, yeah. on, on their dresser, yeah. in their bookshelf. Everybody's kind of got them. And um, while they're not incredibly scholarly, I feel like there's some really good nuggets in, in those commentaries. I think we all have one. But um, Matthew Henry, uh, one day he was actually attacked, and he was he was robbed. And his purse, which in that time, like his wallet, uh, was taken. All of his money was gone. And if you think about that, you're like, oh man, and you're like, 
What do you have to be thankful in that situation? And later he wrote down in his diary, and I thought this was so great. He says, let me be thankful. First, I was never robbed before. Second, although they took my purse, they didn't take my life. Third, although they took my all, it was not that much. And fourth, let me be thankful because it was I who was robbed and not I who did the robbing. And that is really a powerful illustration of of thankfulness. And we go into the holiday season, and it's so easy to get into that consumeristic mindset. And you talked about it with with your statistics, Justin, uh, that we need to be thankful for the true gift and the true meaning of Christmas. And when you read a story like this, you realize, oh, wow, like God has given us, whether we get anything this year or not, God has given us so much to be thankful for. And I think that's a, a powerful a powerful lesson. Uh, I also have a, another one, Justin, before I pass it back to you. And this also goes along with what you were talking about with statistics, uh, the you give in order to give. But yeah. uh, the, the next illustration is from an episode of The Office. So Man. really popular show. I know in our, in our office, people yeah. are always quoting The Office. Yep. But there's this uh, one episode where these two characters get into a favor battle. So Dwight, he's kind of this over-the-top co-worker. He comes in with bagels, and he starts giving them away. And every person that takes one, he looks at him, and he smiles and goes, you owe me one. Right? <laughs> he's just really kind of building up to cashing all of these in. It all kind of comes tumbling down when another character, Andy, takes one, and Andy insists on returning favors immediately. So as soon as he gets a favor, he returns it, and it just, it's, it's hilarious because it bugs Dwight like crazy. Uh, because Andy, every time he gives Andy something, Andy outdoes him, and it becomes this, in, this huge battle. And I think that's a great illustration of, we do give sometimes out of, obligation. We have trouble receiving gifts, and it's so important that we receive the gift that God has given us, receive his grace, and from there, that grace will empower obedience. Our obedience doesn't empower grace, and that's really at the central uh, part of the Christmas story. Yeah, I, I love that. I love Dwight. I think everyone loves oh, Dwight. Yeah. If you've watched The Office, it's a great, great, uh, especially your congregation. They've probably all watched at least a season of The Office, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that will resonate with them. Uh, an illustration I have is actually from the book from Dr. Tony Evans. I love Dr. Tony Evans. Uh, it comes from his book of sermon illustrations. So he actually published a book of sermon illustrations that he's used in his preaching. So you could find that at any bookstore, probably on Amazon. Uh, but in his book, he has a Christmas illustration. I'm just going to read it to you here today. It says, one year, this is Dr. Tony Evans, one year at Christmas time, my wife wanted some wrapped boxes to use for decoration. She took eight empty boxes and had them wrapped to use as a decoration at our front door. Those boxes sat in front of our house, impeccably wrapped, topped with bows, but empty. I didn't worry at all about a thief coming and stealing any of the wrapped boxes on the outside of our house. There wasn't anything in them. A lot of folks are well-wrapped, but there's nothing going on inside. Unfortunately, today, many people don't know what it means to be truly blessed. They just want to be well-wrapped. True, authentic Christian living starts on the inside, and the evidence of that life works its way out. And that's a great illustration from Dr. Tony Evans in his book, The Book of Sermon Illustrations. 
Yeah, I thought that that's really good. Just and even it goes back to what Jesus talks about is you know you can clean the outside of the cup, yep. but what about what about the inside of the cup? Has your wife ever wrapped empty presents and just put them I around the house? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, we wrapped empty presents and give them to our kids as a joke. No, <laughs> no, I don't think we've ever done Jimmy that. Kimmel style. <laughs> my, my my last illustration. Uh, is from a very popular film, Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life, oh, man. starring you know Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, and if you've never seen it, uh, the premise is essentially uh, there's a, a young man uh, who stays in this town of Bedford Falls, even though he has these big dreams to travel the world, and he does so because he wants to help run his father's business. His father's business provides loans to low-income individuals and allows them to get out of the slums that's run by the villainous Mr. Potter and instead own a house on their own. He does incredible work. Once Christmas Eve, he runs into some trouble and he doesn't know how he's going to get out of it. He's worried he's going to go to jail, uh, not because he did anything wrong, uh, but because someone else made a mistake. And he wishes he had never been born. So the entire premise of the last part of the movie is he gets to actually see what his life would be like if he had never been born. And he sees how just his sacrifice has changed uh, the the world around him. Now, that's that's probably an illustration you're like, I've heard that many times. But here's why I think it's so important uh, and maybe a different angle to explore this year. In that in our world, if that movie would have been made today, uh, instead of uh, George Bailey kind of changing the world by staying home, he would have gone out and he would have had his adventures and he would have lived his life. What we don't see oftentimes, a lot of times in media today and even the stories that we tell, uh, we don't see the beauty of a life lived in sacrifice. Well, what we observe in It's a Wonderful Life is someone who continually says, uh, no, I'm going to sacrifice for the greater good. I'm going to sacrifice for the greater good, even if it means not getting to see the world, even if it means not getting to follow my dreams or follow my heart. I want to do it for other people. And I think that really shows the power of what Jesus uh, reveals to us in incarnational living. Jesus sacrificed in order to come to earth and to live and to die for us. And we must live that out as well by continually living out lives of, of sacrifice. So I think that's a uh, a lesson that you could examine and maybe kind of a fresh way as you talk about a film like It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. And so these these are illustrations that you can use. Um, we will have the source links in the show notes for you. But but the, the seventh illustration, I think, is a challenge to you, right? You probably have a very personal story, an experience that you've had that can be a wonderful Christmas illustration. I'll, sh- I'll share one uh, that was... Uh, powerful for me and you're welcome to use this you can say you know a friend of mine justin uh if you like uh however you want to frame it but but i'll tell you so i grew up poor and my family was very poor my father was a blue collar electrician my mom stayed at home and uh things were tight all the time 
Things were, things were underwater half the time. <laughs> but my parents believed in tithing, right? We, they believed. And so I grew up learning to tithe in 10% of my income. But I didn't really consider myself a generous person because it just grew up with this poor man mentality where it's like you sort of, you, you got to tithe out of obligation. That's kind of like how I felt. But anything beyond that, like we sort of save and we hold on to. Well, I started working for a company and, and the leader of that company was a very generous man. And... He was so generous all the time with with so many with his employees with the company culture and one Christmas he decided to give away two hundred and fifty dollar Walmart gift cards uh, to every single employee but not for them but for them to give away to somebody else and for some reason his secretary said Justin we have a few extra would you like a few extra of these Walmart gift cards. And so I said, sure. I mean, I could, we could find some people. So what my wife and I did is we, we got together with some friends and we went to Walmart and we used those gift cards and we bought backpacks and we filled those backpacks with socks, with, um, uh, you know, toothbrush, toothpaste, cologne, deodorant. We basically tried, like we wanted to give these backpacks to different homeless people we would see throughout downtown Houston. And so we had a total of like six backpacks for you know, six guy backpacks and six uh, lady backpacks filled with you know their respective items, and um, I remember we went in and gave you know the backpacks out, and I had one backpack left, and I'm walking through downtown Houston. It's at the end of the day, and it's a, I have a, a backpack for a man. It's got men's cologne in it and everything like that, and uh, an old lady walks by me. She she's obviously homeless. She's got to be in her seventies, and. I just thought, you know, I started talking to her. She had a thick Boston accent. I don't know how she ended up in Houston, <laughs> yeah. and, but she was so sweet. And I, I just said, listen, I, I'm sorry. We, we, and I told her what we were doing, and I said, I only have a backpack filled with items for, for, for men, but I would love to give this to you. It's got, it's got gift cards to Subway and, you know, McDonald's, and, and it's got, uh, you know, some granola bars. We've just filled it with all kinds of goodies, and then it's got socks. And I said, here's some cologne. Um, and men's deodorant, I said, Walmart will literally let you return anything. You could take this to Walmart and they'll give you store credit and you can buy what you need. And her response to me is something that I'll never forget and I'll try not to tear up, but she, she just said, guys, she kept saying, oh, guys, guys, oh, thank you so much. And then when I told her about the cologne and the deodorant, she said, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could do that because it was such a thoughtful gift for me. I, I think I just might want to keep them. And um, I can tell you that that moment uh, was a gift, and it was a gift that that changed me because uh, it, it it was something that I wanted to be able to I wanted to be able to give that moment to somebody else. And from that day forward, I determined in my life uh, to be a much more generous person beyond just you know your normal tithe. To be a generous person with our company, with our team, with our culture, as an individual, with the people I met. And so from that day forward, I, I, I was a different person. And I was different because of the leadership of, of someone else, the example of someone else leading the way. Generosity is contagious. That's really kind of the point of all this, right? Generosity is a great leadership trait, and it's contagious. And so uh, for, for, uh, for me, that's a, a great personal Christmas illustration that I've used many times in messages. And you're welcome to use it if you like, but probably you have a story that's similar, right? You have a powerful personal story that you could share that would mean a lot to you to share, but it would also mean a lot to your people. Um, whatever the case may be, 
dig deep. Think, you know, maybe turn off the radio while you're driving this afternoon on the way home and just think through your life the past several years and, and the different Christmas seasons that you've been through. Think maybe there's something there that you forgot about that would be so rich and so helpful for your people this Christmas season. So that's the that's the seventh sermon Christmas sermon illustration idea. <laughs> the seventh is you. Yes, you this, are the illustration. Yes, there it is. Uh, we hope that these are helpful. And like we said, uh, tweet us. Leave a comment in the comment section if you're watching on YouTube, yeah. and and just let us know some really solid illustrations. It could be stories from your life. It might be something like, oh, uh, this quote is incredible. I really loved it, and it's been impactful to me. Whatever it is, uh, let us know, and I think that's going to help the people who are listening. Justin, I'm excited about our next episode because we have a really exciting opportunity coming up. We are working with Pastor Mark Batterson at National Community Church in Washington, D.C., to adapt his new book called Win the Day. And we're going to be talking about that process. And it's really all about just putting together, building healthy habits, biblical healthy habits. And we're going to talk about that sermon series and tell you how you can get your hands on it for free, whether you're a Ministry Pass member or not. So that's coming up next time on Hello Church. Yep. That's, that's today's episode. If you have never reviewed us or subscribed, uh, make sure you do those things. Turn on the notification bell on YouTube if you watch on YouTube. Uh, we are on Spotify, iTunes, and all, all the places that you listen to podcasts. We only accept five-star reviews, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you try three-star, it won't work. It won't submit. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a four-star will. Okay. Since it's Christmas, we'll, Since do, it's four, Christmas. Yeah, we'll do four stars. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. See you later.